Ben Simmons wants out of Philly. How convenient. We're going to talk about that and the players most impacted by the upcoming rules changes right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. As always on Wednesday, I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. And let's just start with this. Jake, very happy that you're safe. Uh, our thoughts going out to all the fellow Pelicans fans, all of the people in New Orleans, the surrounding areas after this this hurricane, which you 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 weathered the storm, so to speak, and and you made it out okay. So so very glad to hear that. Yeah, look, uh, wrote it out on Sunday night. I've been through a number of these, but as as you said, it's pretty devastating. This is I, I've been in New Orleans since '04. This is so I've been through Katrina. This is easily the second worst storm that I've been through. So I tweeted it out yesterday. If people want to check it out again on my Twitter at Nola Jake, a couple of organizations you can donate to. Pelicans are part of the NBA community. It's time to kind of help that out because this community is definitely hurting right now. Yep. Anything you can spare, go to no, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Five bucks, two bucks, a retweet. If you if you aren't in a position to, to share any any money, at least spread the word. Maybe someone who does will see your tweet and and donate to to our friends in need in the New Orleans area. So uh, thank you in advance for all of that. Let's get to some basketball here because on Tuesday, Keith Pompey, host of Locked On Sixers, reports that Ben Simmons. Wants out. He's not going to report to training camp. We've heard all along that Philly, it, it was only a matter of time. Sham Sharania reporting earlier that it's a matter of when, not if. It seems like Ben Simmons will no longer play for the Philadelphia 76ers. First of all, let me ask you, Jake. Do you really honestly believe that he is not going to report to training camp? Uh, yeah, I think so. Look, uh, shout out to Keith uh, of the Locked On Podcast Network for breaking some news here, but feels like his source might be Rich Paul on this one. And I don't know that as a fact, and that's some speculation on my part, but feels like it's Rich Paul and coming from the agent's mouth to a degree here. I'd say that's as strong of a, of a shot as you can take and probably trying to kind of get it to the 76ers. And he just, that's an agency and that, that isn't going to back down in something like this. So yeah, like I don't think you'll ever see him near the Sixers again. Yeah, I think when you have Clutch Sports and Daryl Morey going at it, you, you get two motivated sides that I think know how to work with one another and will work with one another. Uh, I don't think that Maury's going to challenge Clutch, and I don't think Clutch is going to do anything. I know I know what their MO is, and you know especially what their MO is, but I, I think that this is going to be something that that can get done here. I guess I guess the question here with Simmons is um what do they they have to they have to trade him. They have to trade him. Yes. Okay? But has has this moment this this coming out publicly put Philly in a bad position because I would say that at this point you and I know that he's not going back. If you're if you're Portland, let's say why would you give up Damian Lillard for for Ben Simmons at this point? 
So this doesn't seem to be about getting Ben Simmons to his preferred destination, like, say, the Anthony Davis situation was. This seems about just getting Ben Simmons the hell out of Philadelphia because they just tanked his trade value. Remember, not even a year ago, right, in the lead up to the James Harden trade, you were saying, no, they should play hardball. They should try and keep him. And I'm like, you got to trade him because it's only going to get worse here. We're kind of we just crossed that threshold. Right. At this point, you just have to trade him and you're not going to get that King's ransom that Daryl Morey wants. So this was more, I think, about eroding Daryl Morey's leverage and having him accept a lower trade price for Ben Simmons than getting him to a specific team like James Harden was about. This is, I think, just get him out of there and almost stick it to them to a certain degree. And now you're seeing Tyrese Maxey kind of thrown in as collateral damage and threatening, oh, I'm not going to want your young point guard who you took in the first round, who's actually shown a lot of promise, by the way. We're going to get him out of here too because screw you guys. It's all of this is to put as much leverage in in Rich Paul and Ben Simmons' hands. Well, we don't know how Ben Simmons would shoot it if with all of this <laughs> leverage, but um, that's that's what this is, right? Like they're just trying to basically make Daryl Morey fold his cards right now. And look, they're honestly probably doing a pretty good job because you're not getting Damian Lillard for this. You know, and we'll talk other trades coming up in the second segment. You're not getting De'Aaron Fox at this point, probably either. No, you're not getting a lot of big names. I wonder, there's there's a good point you made there. I wonder if the Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers comments after the playoff loss where they both just trashed Ben Simmons. I wonder if this was Simmons saying, okay, you know what? Here, Watch what I can do to get you back. And this is... That that was not going to be something that ended well, right? That they, when your star player and your coach basically said, we might have won this if Ben Simmons was any good out there, that him coming out now and saying, you're you're trying too hard to get too much for me. Uh, Appreciate you thinking that I'm that highly valued, but let's just let's just get this over with. I'm done with you, and I don't care what you get. I don't care what your return is. I, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of what Embiid said. I'm sick of what Doc Rivers has said. I am sick of all of this. So I'm going to say whatever I need to say to get me traded somewhere. Let me go somewhere. And I think if you're Maury, you're, you're kind of in a, you're kind of stuck, right? You have to, you have to accelerate this process. You cannot have this linger into the, the beginning of training camp, uh, you cannot go out there and and say, hey, we couldn't find a trade and then start fining Ben Simmons for not being there. You can't play that game because then this whole thing is going to get burned to the ground. Basically, what Clutch did is said, you know, your move, we we just took away all of that, all of that leverage. Like you said, we took away any hope of you getting back a star in return. All of the the Maury kind of stance of, hey, we still think that Ben Simmons should return an all-star level player. Uh-uh. We're not, we're not playing that game anymore. We're done going it, we're, we're done doing it your way. There are a few weeks left before camp. Now you're doing it our way. 
Now, to be fair, yeah, I'm, I'm with you the entirety of the way here. They're, they're not going to get a crap return for him, but they're not going to get the all-star level player that they wanted. But look, I don't think they were going to get the all-star level player they wanted anyway. They've tried to trade him before, right? Like this isn't anything brand new here. They looked to trade him for potentially James Harden at one point. They've looked to trade him at other times too. A deal didn't get done before the draft or at the start of free agency, right? Like if they were going to get that player for him, it would have happened by now. He's been on the block in all sense for a while. So they were never going to get that return anyway. And I think this was just, let's speed this up. Let's rip the bandaid off. Mm-hmm. Let's just make it happen. And we're going to put as much pressure on you to do that. So I don't think they were going to get that anyway. And look, it's the, it's tough to judge what Ben Simmons value is, right? Like he's a good player. Let's not pretend he's not. He's an all defensive guy. He's an amazing defender. He's a very, very good playmaker too. But he lacks the one most important skill a guy of his size can lack, and that's shooting. And that means people don't watch you because you have to build such a specific team around that guy. And that's not like a knock on Ben Simmons, right? There's maybe 15 guys in the league that you can put on any team. You don't need to kind of tailor around their their talents to a degree, right? There's not you know, 50 well-rounded all-stars. You need to build specific teams to complement your player's strengths. But when it's not shooting and you play the position that he plays, like it makes it so much harder. So it, it's a bit of a knock on him, let's say. Um, but that's, that's kind of the situation. Like you were just never going to get the return that Maury wanted because of his limitations as a player. It doesn't mean he's not a good player though. No. Okay. So let's, let's try to figure out where he might go because We came into this offseason thinking that there were some obvious ones, and now that's not so obvious anymore. Uh, We're going to have to adjust our our line of thinking, so we'll do that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you about Sweat Block. It's a new wipe. It's actually not that new. It's actually been out there for a while, but we're talking about it new here on the network that helps you control excessive perspiration. Wherever you need it, just apply it. Go take a shower at night, then apply it. Wash it off in the morning. And for some people, it works for up to seven days. So if you need to give a presentation, if you're going on a first date, meeting somebody's parents for the first time, and you have a problem with excessive perspiration, you can use this sweat block and it can be your saving grace, your little secret to confidence, and you can wear whatever you want to wear without worrying about those sweat blotches showing up. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. So go check them out. Check out the videos on YouTube of the firefighters using it on the Rachel Ray show and coming out of things with dry shirts. It's going to be something that if you've been dealing with this problem for a while, you're going to be very, very happy with this. That's okay. If it doesn't work for you for some reason, you can get your money back. It's guaranteed. You get the dry shirt guarantee. So use the promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Locked on is a promo code for 20% off at sweatblock.com or pick some up at Amazon and CVS. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, then you're watching your favorite sports highlights on your phone, and then you're stealing your neighbor's Wi-Fi for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion 
get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Ben Simmons is gone. We've talked about it. He's gone. He's done with Philly. But but where? Where can he go? Who is going to trade for Ben Simmons now? He makes $33 million this year, but not only that, 35 next year, almost 38 the year after, and then 40.3 in 24-25. No player option. He's just under contract for the next four years at a very high number. So because of salary cap matching rules, Philly is going to get something in return, Jake. But from whom? That's the question, right? And I think you can probably rule some group of teams out off the bat. Like, I actually see them just not trading him east, right? Like, I'm looking kind of at the Eastern Conference teams, and I can't really see any that make any sort of sense or that they'd be comfortable trading him to, right? Like, they're not going to even trade him to a team like Indiana or anything like that, even if you could conceivably make a deal work that would make sense. They just don't want him coming back to kind of haunt them, I think, to a certain degree. So you kind of rule out these Eastern Conference teams, which means you're left with Western Conference teams. And that's where this gets kind of interesting because there's teams that make sense. The Golden State Warriors certainly would probably love to add Ben Simmons to their team. I think the Sacramento Kings would. So would the Lakers. So would the Clippers. Basically all of the California teams. And we heard the rumor that Ben Simmons would be open to be tra- being traded to the three California teams, conveniently leaving one of those teams off, assuming that they kind of forgot about the Sacramento Kings there. Um, but I think all <laughs> of those teams make sense and like Portland would probably want him to pair alongside Damian Lillard so those are really I think the teams that are probably gonna it's gonna be one of those teams that end up with them you can make an argument for the Toronto Raptors but I just don't see them trading him to another contender that could then potentially beat them in the playoffs and how bad that that would look if that were to be the case but what if what if the best return for your deal is Pascal Siakam. What if that, what if the Siakam is the guy? Cause he's, he's been kind of, I don't want to say on the, you know, he, he's had some clashes with Nick nurse. There's been some tension there and I don't want to overreact to that, but Siakam's name has kind of been floated out there. If, if you're looking around the league and you're saying, hey, maybe maybe you got to go to Sacramento. Maybe you got to go to one of these teams, and, and it's got to be a three-team deal for you to get anywhere close to the value. You're you're still the Sixers. You still got you still got Embiid. You still need to bring something back that can can at least say this is our second star, right? This is why Maury's been holding out for so long. If you say. I, I- but Siakam? are they going to get that? Like, that's kind of what we... we I, so if you could get Siakam, you probably do that. You're right. You you probably do that if Siakam's on the table. And look, the, the thing with Ben Simmons here, too, I think that helps is, as you said, it's four years. You've got him under team control. You're not worried about this guy bolting in a year or anything like that. That mitigates some of the stress you have and, and concerns you have about trading for a guy. I think you... So if you look at teams, look, if you could get... Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, particularly with how well they played in summer league. And look, you know, grain of salt with all that. Do you take that trade over a guy like Siakam and kind of build in a little bit, maybe more long-term future for your franchise? Or what if the Kings offer you Buddy Heald, 
Tyrese Halliburton, let's say, and like, uh, you know, whatever filler salary you needed to make that work. I don't know. You know, you could add shooting. You could add a point guard that can kind of pick up a lot of what, you know, Ben Simmons gave you that has long-term all-star potential. It it kind of, it is going to depend on the offers out there. You know, are they going to be happy if CJ McCollum is the best player they get back in a trade? And look, with, with Ben Simmons value lowering, you know, is that, is Siakam needed in something like this? Or can you, you know, that's kind of the question with it. Are you going to be giving up too much by doing that? Because his value is not where it was now. Here's, there, there are two paths for the Sixers to go. You bite the bullet, you go to Toronto, you come back and you say, Siakam, Embiid, Harris, that's going to be our three guys. And we're going to, we're going to roll with that. Siakam is a more willing shooter, um, and he can he can do some stuff, you know, in between. Or the other the other road you go is you have Embiid and a ton of shooting, and you hope that if you go the the Sacramento route, you go to you you bring in Buddy Heald, and you're you're looking for other shooting. You're just looking for. 40% three-point shooting all over the floor, and you're hoping that all of that extra space accentuates and be to a point where he can carry the team, and Tobias Harris can sort of be your Chris Middleton, and you're just going big superstar, good secondary star, and shooting and depth, and it's going to be one or the other. You you can't You can't make a trade for these young guys. I don't think you go to Golden State and get moody and commit. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to work because your your time to win is now. So you're either saying we're going to hope that Doc Rivers can get through to Buddy Heald and the level of shooting can just unlock MVP Embiid and unlock consistent Tobias Harris or you just go to Pascal and say, "Hey, you were an all-star." We're going to make you an all-star again. And now we're hoping that Embiid plus these two all-stars or potential all-star in Harris can be enough to, to get us through. Yeah, look, I, I'm with you. I don't think you go the Golden State route. They're just too unproven. The window for them to win is right now. While it's nice to get those two guys that are lottery picks and they look good, right? You can't do that here. That's just not on kind of the timeline that they want. So I think it's the other depth. I, I don't think Siakam's going to be on the table for him. I, I just don't see that making a ton of sense to me. Um, and again, that Eastern Conference thing I think could kind of be a bit of an issue, but maybe more so for the for the Raptors to some degree. I don't know. It feels like it's the Sacramento Kings, right? Like it feels like that's where he's going to end up. And if Daryl Morey also wants to stick it to clutch a little bit, sending him to Sacramento is also you know potentially way to do it and if you're Sacramento look you've got to do it it's an all-star level guy you never get these guys in free agency you haven't been relevant you're going to roll the dice on this every single time especially if you're not giving up to Aaron Fox plus you need to move a guy out of the backcourt I think ideally given kind of the team that they've have and Davion Mitchell being drafted it just feels like that's where he's going to end up to me and just one of those things that makes just too much sense that it just needs to happen like tomorrow I think this happens like days before the season starts I don't think this happens in the next 
week or two. I think this is going to be late, but it feels like to me, it's going to be to Sacramento either either as part of a three team deal, potentially with Portland for all of these teams to kind of shake it up to Portland needs to do something as well. Maybe they get buddy healed in the trade alongside someone else. And you have this kind of three team deal, I think, which would make some sense, but it feels like Ben Simmons is ultimately going to end up on Sacramento, which look, the uh, 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 kind of three-headed monster of Darren Fox, Davion Mitchell, and a guy like Ben Simmons might actually be pretty fun to watch, to be honest. I'll tell you, you Davion Mitchell and Ben Simmons defending next to each other. No one is scoring on that backcourt. No one is scoring. They on were that. the worst defensive team basically ever. Yeah. And the upgrade you get on the defensive side of the ball there is huge. Just from the draft and just from that trade. Um, that would be, I would be actually kind of amazing and addition by subtraction by getting buddy healed out of there as well. I agree. A three team deal probably seems more likely that it's going to, it's going to take some other team just giving up a, a little bit to get some ancillary player that doesn't matter to get Daryl Morey enough. So he feels like he got enough for, for Ben Simmons, but I like that. I like that more than anything. I, I think if Toronto is, if Toronto says we're just not going to give you Siakam, we'll take Ben Simmons, but not for Siakam. Maybe you know you figure out a Goran Dragic centered deal, which, hey, you know, for a year. But I, I just don't think that's enough. You know, Dragic and, and, and filler. That's that's just not going to be enough. Um, the Sacramento deal starts to to move into first place, where it's so. I'll just wrap it up with this. Imagine being Daryl Morey going into the summer thinking that Golden State and Portland were your two potential targets for a, a Ben Simmons deal. And now you're looking at Sacramento as, as where you might land. <laughs> That's tough. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about the rules changes, about the unnatural kind of uh, movements, that all of that stuff. What are the top players? Who are the top players who are going to be impacted by that? But first, I got to talk to you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Plenty of great flavors, nine great flavors. If you go to Built.com right now, you'll see other kind of products like Built Puffs and Built Balls. There's always something kind of crazy and new going on at Built.com. But at the heart of it, the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you've got a nut allergy, there are plenty of options for you. If you're on the keto diet, they all work for you. If you can go in there and use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get that 15% off for every order. So try a mixed box. You get two of each of their nine core flavors. You can figure out which two or three you like. Go back, use the promo code LOCKED15 again, and pick and stock up on the ones that, that you like. 17 to 18 grams of protein in all of these built Bars. The calories range from 130 to 180. Only about four or five grams of sugar. Only about four or five of net carbs. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So make sure you go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Also brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back. Teams are paring down their rosters in the NFL. College is back soon. So go to Bet Online, your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. All the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest. And the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Use the promo code 
locked on to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Sign up, use the promo code locked on. Whatever you drop in there on your first deposit, they match. So you win right away. You can also use the promo code NFL100 to make a bet on the season opener between the Buccaneers and Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks. That's a free bet. So you want football, basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games? It's all right there at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. The NBA has answered our basketball prayers and is not going to call those crazy jumping sideways, jumping backwards, all the unnatural jumping motions that players have used to draw fouls. Jake, you want to take a moment here to celebrate this momentous occasion of eliminating a very stupid thing that was happening in the NBA of people clearly jumping unnaturally and still getting foul calls. Yeah, I, I hate this. It was like the tear through move before, right? You had to do this. This just wasn't part of their shot. It wasn't their natural shooting motion. You shouldn't be rewarding them for this. It's kind of like a weird little loophole technicality in the rules. And it's closed. And we get to celebrate and watch just better basketball, hopefully in close games down the stretch because of it. So somebody is going to look at this and be like, geez, I really got to I really got to change things. Um so let's let's look at who might be most impacted by this. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I got, I've got a, a number of names. Look, and okay. uh, for all of these guys we're going to talk about, I don't think this like hugely impacts their game, right? It's not like they're going to need to completely change their style of play. This is going to come into play, I think, more in close in clutch situations, right? Late in games when you could draw those touch fouls and get to the line and potentially give your team a win. And look, the first guy this is going to, we're all thinking of, right? There's one person who's like, I hate this rule. This thing is stupid. And that's James Harden. Like it's the number one guy we're all thinking of with this rule change. His style of play, at least on the Rockets, was so unfun to watch that ISO style of ball where he eventually just jumps all weird and they call a foul and he goes to the line for like three free throws. I'm so happy I don't have to watch that anymore <laughs> ever again. I, I think I think Harden's actually going to be able to weather this pretty well because he's such a good scorer. He'll be fine. He, he's going to be fine. Um, and and a lot of a lot of his fouls end up becoming like they're actually on natural shooting mode. There's the the unnatural jump forward that he does where he he jumps and he kicks both his legs out and he just lands in a way that he's going to fall no matter what. And as long as he's in the vicinity of somebody's foot, it looks like he fell on somebody's foot. That I I hope will go away. But he is so good at just tricking somebody or or lulling somebody to sleep and and then getting into the lane and doing this like his signature foul to me is that rip up move as he's driving where hands are coming in to try to strip and that's where he draws a lot of his fouls. The guy that I actually think of the most is Trey Young. And I do he's number wonder, two on my list. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder how much he's going to be impacted by this because he uses a lot of these tricks. Like he he can get past a defender and he can get to the rim, but he's small and he uses a lot of these tricks to get himself to the free throw line. He was 
fourth in the NBA in free throw attempts with 8.7 a game this past season. And a lot of those free throw attempts were on the trailing, you're trailing him and he stops and he jumps backwards and he jumps into you. And there's, there's nothing you can do about that. He is very much into the jumping sideways and jumping into you, knowing that he's going to draw those fouls. That's, that's significant here because he averaged, uh, what was he averaging per game? I just so he averaged 8.7 per game and he shoots them really well at 89%. So 7.7 made per game. It's something that could drop him like three free, three made free throws per game. Something like that drops his scoring from 25 per game to 22. It, 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 you start to think about a dude differently, right? When you start to see a drop like that. Yeah. For some reason in all of these stats, I lost his points per game. So yeah, if he, if he gets, he's getting almost nine free throw attempts a game. If that drops to six, or five, then he's just right into that kind of sort of average, like whatever. And that could be a significant impact. I actually am watching the Atlanta Hawks very closely this season to see how this rules change might impact Trey young. And then thus the rest of the team, I'm really, I'm not hundred percent sold on Atlanta making another step forward after last season. So and this is and this is part of that's a, that's a different discussion with with some of the luck they had to go on the run that they did in the playoffs too from other teams really. But no, he he's a really good example. You know, other names that probably come to mind are Damian Lillard, though less so him because mm-hmm. he's just so good and such a shot maker. I'm I, I don't think of him going to the line a ton. Um, but Chris Paul's another guy too, a guy who's kind of in the twilight of his career to a degree, right? Relies on a lot of those veteran tricks. He's kind of a, a prime example, and you saw it a ton in the playoffs, right? Of him slowing down his dribble when he crossed half court in fast break situations and people would just collide into the backside of him and get him to the free throw line and that's a big advantage for a team with Devin Booker and some of these other scores that are going to get downhill it's not about him getting to the free throw line it's more about getting the team into the bonus early mm-hmm. I think with a team like the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul yeah I think and I think that's a great point about getting teams into the bonus can I give you a maybe hot take Potential name here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's end the show here on this one. I like this. Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry could have some minor issues with this because he he engages in a lot of that. Now, obviously, Steph, it's he's going to come over and hit from half court. Like wherever he is on the floor, he is a threat to make shots, and that's obviously not going to change anything. But he they they still they're still not going to have clay for at least a, a couple months, maybe into January there. So that means the other team is going to still be able to focus a lot more on him. He's going to be in the middle of those double teams, which means that if he's trying to angle for a free throw and he's not getting it, he could get frustrated, right? He is 33, right? 33. And he turns 34 at the end of the season. So he is also on the back end of his career where maybe he needs to, to get a couple extra free throws to keep that scoring average up. I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to average 32 points a game forever. I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to get the Trey young level um, impact, but I've seen him use these moves enough where I do think that he might actually, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. Because I don't want to say Steph Curry is going to struggle, but 
I'm I'm curious to see how much of an impact this has on Steph Curry. I think it might have more of an impact on him than we expect. You know, like he's he's a guy whose shot is just so clean, right? And if you just touch him, it's still going to go in. And uh, that I I don't think of him in that way, but. I can't say you're wrong. Look, it's going to affect all these shooters too, to some degree, right? Like they might be worried about the way their body is when they get somewhat of an off balance shot up. And are they going to actually call a rightful foul or is it going to be ruled this an unnatural body movement? So it's something to kind of keep uh, taking into account too of does it kind of get into shooters heads a little bit in certain situations? I don't know. Now I'm curious about Curry and something I'm going to be watching when the season starts back up. I don't know. I just kind of figured I'd throw it out there. If nothing else, I just hope that we can get to a point where when guys go up for jumpers, they're just going up for jumpers and they're not trying all too often. And and one thing that drives me really, really crazy is guys going up looking for the fouls rather than going up to shoot. And that is, that's not basketball to me. I understand playing with the rules. I understand playing within the parameters and, 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 Manipulating the game a little bit, I, I get it. Players have been doing that forever. But when a guy rises up and his entire goal is to get fouled on a jump shot, that to me crosses over into not basketball. And I hope that if nothing else, this eliminates that from the game. That's that's my last take on that. That works for me. I like that. There you go. Adam Silver, we, we didn't come up with this idea. Normally, we fix the NBA for him, but but good for him for getting this one approved. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, that's going to wrap it up here. Make sure you're following the Locked On NBA podcast across all platforms. We're free, and we are everywhere, including YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed wherever podcast exists on Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast. I'm one of your regular co-hosts, John Corrales. I am the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Jackson Gatlin, Matt Moore have you covered tomorrow on Locked On NBA. We'll talk to you next week.